Well, I'd too like to welcome each one here this morning, and we do look forward to Bible school. Does anybody know what today is? It's not on your calendar, but it is observed, just not a national holiday. It's Children's Day, yeah. So today is Children's Day, so I thought this morning I would share a message to you children. So all you children in the primary department, you guys did so well in the go singing for Amanda, and that was very good. So anyways, now I'd like to treat you by having you come up here and sit on the first three benches. Now, if you have a problem with wiggle worms, well, maybe you should let your dad take care of that, okay? So if you don't have any wiggle worms in it, you can come up and sit on the first three benches. Good. We've got three benches full. And maybe more. Okay, if you could sit here if you want, that would be fine. Okay, you want to sit here? Or can't think of your name. You must sit by by your sister, don't you? All right. How many days did it take God to create the world? Seven. Anybody else want to guess? Six. Somebody else? One day? Six. Six. Why do we say six? Right. So you, I mean, you were, it, he did take seven days, but one day he rested. And so I would like to tell you the story about that. One thing to remember as I'm sharing is everything you choose to do in life has consequences. Now, you may say, well, what if I choose to follow Christ? Well, there's consequences, and the consequences are good. And the consequence is kind of the result of that choice you made. So on the sixth day, I would like to focus on that day. We know that God created the heavens and the earth and the beauty of it, and, you know, it just blows your mind when you look at the pictures, and the space just goes on and on and on. They keep developing more galaxies, or finding more galaxy and more space. So it's just amazing what God has done. Okay, I want to start with verse 6, or verse 24 of Genesis 1, but this is the sixth day. Now, all the the the, the water was filled with fishes, the earth was full of uh, trees, and it was full of grass, and so it was 
there. And so on the sixth day, God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after his kind, cattle and creeping things. How many of you have cattle at your house? Okay, God created those. What's a creepy thing? Ooh. <laughs> Snakes. Flies. Oh, you like those? <laughs> you don't? Okay, so God created all those things on this day. And it says, out of the earth, he created. So it's kind of like how we're created, out of the dust of the ground. God created us. And then he says, and God made the beasts of the earth of his kind, the cattle of their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. God likes worms. He says it's good. Spiders. He likes those. And God said, let us make man in our image. So now he's created man after his image and after his likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over anything that creepeth on the, on the land. And what do you think? How do you think man and beast... Um, I suppose they got hungry, so what did they eat? Fruit. Fruit from the trees. And what else? And the grass. And we all like grass, don't we? Your mom goes out and mows it off and then cooks supper for you. Say, no. <laughs> well, it's not that way. But then the cattle ate the grass and the man ate fruit of the trees. So in this garden that God planted, he put man to be in charge to take care of this garden. Now, I don't know what was in this garden that Adam had to take care of, but he did because God watered it. You know, every morning he'd call the, he would mist it, and then it would water the garden. But, you don't think there's any bugs in, were you? They had the dust for it or spray. Do you think there was any weeds? Surely not. Well, there was grass, so maybe there was grass that we had, he had to till. But we don't know about everything, but he did. He would go out, and he would see a vine and say, Oh, grapevine, I love grapes. And so he would eat, and he would say, This is good. And what was Adam's wife's name? Eve. Eve. And he would share it with his wife, and they would eat. And then there was somebody that they communicated every day with. Who was it? God. God would do that. He would... Uh, it, and life was good for Adam. Remember, choices have consequences. Now, Adam was innocent. He knew nothing as far as what was in the world. The only thing he knew was God and fruit trees and animals and fish. He probably went fishing sometimes, do you think? <laughs> some say yes, yeah, some say no. 
But he enjoyed those, and he had dominion over those, so he could, he could um, pretty much take care of them how he wanted. But there was, in this garden, there was a tree that was forbidden to eat. God says, I don't want you to eat of this tree. So here's a, a fig tree. Now, this is a fig tree, and this is here for another reason, but it's a tree, right? And maybe here's an apple tree, or maybe here's a pear tree, or what kind of trees do you like fruit? There's orange trees. What kind? Mango trees. I like mangoes. Apple. Mango. Banana trees. Yeah, we like bananas, don't we? Yeah. So there are a lot of trees. You know, have lemon trees. You, you could just go on and on. Strawberry trees? Oh, that'd be good to pick from, wouldn't it? So Adam would go, and he would pick off an apple, and he would look at the apple. And remember, there's no worms in it. It wasn't filled with, covered with pesticides. It was just, he could just eat it. And so he would eat his fruit. That's what he liked. But there was one tree that he was forbidden to eat. And this is, we don't know what it was. We have a picture of an apple tree, right? But how about cherry tree? Now, if God told me you can eat of any fruit of the garden but the cherry tree, I would say, okay, I'll leave that one alone. Because cherry trees would be not appealing to me. But something happened. Does anybody know what a serpent is? A snake. Well, why would a snake mess up the world? Well, it says in chapter 3 that the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. So in other words... This animal that God created, and remember, this serpent was probably either had tall legs to walk around or it was standing up walking around. We don't know because we see the picture of a snake crawling around on the ground and like so on. But remember, it wasn't that way back then. And we'll talk about that here a little bit. But anyways... Satan used the serpent to tell Eve to eat of the forbidden tree. Now, how did he do that? It says, he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said. He didn't go up to Eve and say, hey, if you eat of this tree, you're going to die. Eat it. No, he didn't do that. But what he did was he went up, or he says, hath God said you, could eat of, you can't eat of every tree of the, of the garden? And she says, well, yeah, we can, except for one. 
But what Eve, what the serpent did was to put a thought into Eve of that tree. You know, and I, I think that's how Satan does to us today. He puts a thought into our lives, and then that thought starts producing something down the road. The serpent didn't just tell Eve to disobey, but he started to uh, cause doubt into why he should not eat of the tree. So why were they not supposed to eat of this tree? They would die? What else? And there's a reason for that is because if you do, you will know good and evil. What is wrong with that? Right. You're going to have to decide. You're going to have to choose between good and evil. And so if if he didn't know what was evil, it would be easy to to live life. You would just uh, be with God. But they had a choice. But then Satan comes along and says, you're not going to die. Just eat of it. So what did Eve do? Well, first thing Eve did was disobey God. What are some things that God has asked us, or you children, to do? There's one specifically thing that God says for you children that you're supposed to do. Obey your parents. You know that song? Maybe you'll sing it the next two weeks or so. Obey, E-Y, obey. Children, obey your parents, for this is right, and this honors God. So what if your parents tell you to do something, like, how many of you live by a a road. Most of us do, yeah. Some of us live back in a long lane, but if if you live along a road, do your parents ever tell you to stay off the road? Why? You could die, right? Well, what if you get lost and uh, you live along the woods, and your parents say, "Stay out of the woods." Or if there's a pond on your, close to your property, stay out of the pond. Why? Because you could get lost or you could die. And they want to protect you. So it's always good to obey your parents. And that's all you have to do. God doesn't require you to do anything else but obedience to your parents. <clears throat> so... We know the story. I can see Eve saying, well, I'd like to be like God. You know, I would like to be wise. And I looked at, she looked at the tree and says, you know, I kind of think cherries would be good. It looks delightful. It looks pleasurable. I would enjoy doing that. So she took of the fruit and ate it. Did she die? 
Well, God said she would. That's okay. You're right. She didn't physically die, but she did. Satan always presents, appears to be good, that you won't die, it's okay. You don't have to obey your parents. You can decide what's in the woods. You see your daddy go into the woods. You can decide whether you want to play on the road. And you do it once, like the story of one boy went into the woods, you know, and his parents says, no, don't go into the woods. But he did, because he wanted to go in and see the trees and see the flowers, and he wanted to see the rabbits and the birds and the trees, and he just wanted to go into the woods. So one day, even though Daddy says don't, he did. And he was wandering around, and then he had a rabbit. He chased the rabbit, and... And after a while, he was lost. And then he couldn't find his way out. And, of course, he had to pray to God, and Daddy did come and find him. But it scared him. He didn't die, but he would have if Daddy would have said, I told him not to forget about him, and he would have died. But what happened here was man started the process of dying. You know, you can look at me when I was your age. You, you weren't here, so you couldn't, can't. But picture me as your age. I grew up, but I'm in the process of dying. I have to shed my skin and get new skin. I get new blood. I get new cells because my body is dying. And there'll come to a time in my life where I, I don't get those things new and I get... Um, old and feeble and, and you know what happens to your grandma and grandpas and <laughs> so anyways Eve didn't die and you won't either if you commit go to your do something against your father and and mother you won't die but what will be the consequences Oh, have you ever had a spanking? <laughs> Not you. I know you have. But how about you? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there's consequences to go with that. And you have to be punished. Now, when you do it, do you do it so that you can get spanked? No, we don't want to get spanked, do we? But So why do we do it? It's because I want to be able to enjoy what I want to enjoy. And at that time in my life, the reason I want to go on the road is because I want what was on the road or across the road. So there are consequences. What is the consequences of the serpent? What was it? Okay, they all did. But, the, but there's a specific consequence. Yes. Do you see snakes, how they crawl on their bellies? 
that from that point on, that's what a snake has to do. And I'm sure if you would look at a, talk to a snake today, you know, they, they wouldn't say, oh, I hate crawling on the ground. Well, that's just their life, and that's part of their curse. What was the, the curse of the mother, or Eve? Yeah, they had to leave the garden, but she had, she had to suffer the consequences of um, childbearing, suffering through that, but also she had to be under the dominion of her husband. So she was no longer equal with God. So you girls, the boys are stronger than you. That's part of the curse. What about the guy? What happened to him? Oh, he had to pull weeds. How many like to pull weeds? He had the sweat. And we hate the sweat. But that's part of the curse. And we tried and tried to, to get away from that curse. You know, we, we put weed killer and we put all kinds of stuff on the ground to try to control the weeds. But somehow they keep coming back and we got to keep doing it. What was the curse of the earth? Do you know what it was? It was... Okay, the animals were wild from then on. But the part of the curse... Uh, let's see if I can find it quickly here. Thorns and thistles... Okay, we have... Do you know what a thorn and a thistle is? Okay, you do. If you don't, come over to my house. I'll show you. Um, it shall bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herbs of the field and the sweat of thy... I'm talking about the guy here. But the earth's curse was it started producing weeds, thorns, thistles, and things unpleasant. So the earth was cursed also. And you have famines, you have droughts, and up to that point, they weren't. So, does disobedience have consequences? Are you convinced? Okay. If you're truly convinced, you can file up here and, and get something out of this fruit basket and take it back to your parents, okay? So just come up here. Okay, come up here and, and, and then go back to your parents. Just grab one of those.
I think they're all the same, so just take the top one. <laughs> so I would like to share with you guys does sin have consequences? Does disobedience have consequences? I would like to go to Second Corinthians chapter 11. And Paul here is addressing to the Corinthians a concern that he had. And I would like to convey kind of the things that Eve faced in the garden, we face today. I'll just read the first three verses. Would to God you could bear with me little of my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin, virgin to Christ. So Paul here is saying, I have presented you, or I have put you into an engagement with Christ. But he had a fear. His fear was, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through the subtlety so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in, the, in Christ. For it is he that cometh, preach another Jesus, whom we have not preached. Or if he receive another spirit, ye have not received. <clears throat> I said I was going to read the first three verses. But the concern that Paul had here was the same spirit as the serpent beguiled Eve. Now we know kind of what he did. He, present, he presented the partial truth. For one thing, he told them not to eat of any fruit in the garden. They could eat of any fruit of the garden except the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But then Eve says, when, when Satan asks Eve what they should eat, she says, we can't even, we're not to eat it, but we're also not to touch it. So she kind of added something. I don't know how she got this idea that you can't even touch it. Maybe that was conveyed to her through Adam. I don't know. But so often, um, truth is presented supposedly truth, is presented in a way that doesn't line up with Scripture. You know, Paul here presented the truth, and he knew that he was going to, to leave. Will the truth continue, or will there be others coming in and preaching well, you have to observe holy days. You have to do this. 
you have to dress like this. You have to uh, remember the, the Jewish customs and so on. But Paul says, don't allow Satan to beguile you as he did Eve. That was that was that we should not be taken from the simplicity of the gospel. Do we know how simple the gospel is? And I think sometimes, and I do think of it sometimes, it's so hard. You know, it seems like we're, we have to do all these things. What is the simplicity of the gospel? It's a single purpose, and that's Jesus Christ and him only. And I think we in ourselves have got so caught up in self-seeking. And so now we have a, we're trying to please self, and we're also trying to please, please Christ. We want to do all these things so other people can look at us and say, well done, thou good and faithful. When Jesus all along is saying, it's not that way. It's simple. All you have to do is follow me. And that's where we get into a lot of trouble is because we don't follow him. He says not to seek our own pleasures, but we do. You know, we start saying, well, we shouldn't do this and we shouldn't do that because it's, it's pleasurable and we're supposed to abstain from that. Well, Jesus says, all he says, don't seek your own pleasure. So if, if you go into these things for your own pleasure's sake, then I would say you've been deceived. He said to be humble, but we are proud. He says not to lay up treasure on earth. We do. So have we been deceived like Eve was? Other consequences from that. And I think of, um, you know, we may think that we can do things and say, it's okay, God didn't specifically say we could do this, and, and we do it, and we don't die. But yet, in our spiritual life, we're slowly dying. We're pleasing ourselves, we're seeking our desires, our pleasures, our joys, instead of seeking God. And I think of Martha, the difference between Martha and Mary. Which one have you chose in your life? Choices have consequences. So if you choose to be a Martha, you're going to be busy with the things that are good. You're going to be busy in church. You're going to be busy running to and fro. And you're going to be busy, busy, busy. And yet, it's in these busyness, doing all these good things, that we don't spend time with Christ. Because Mary, she sat at the feet of Christ. And Jesus says, well, that's... Martha, that's what you need to do. Sit with me and learn of me. But yet we can't because we're too busy. Busy with our, our lives, busy with our goals, 
busy with pleasurable things that we have to have because we're so tired of, of the other things and life is miserable. And like it was brought out in the devotional, life is short. Don't waste it on things that have no value in life. You say, well, you know, I need this rest because it's viable to my health. When all along, Jesus is saying, why don't you just sit and listen to me sometime throughout the week or day? Have we been caught up, as Eve did, partaking of the things in life that is forbidden? And we're following not Christ, but following our past 